Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to another episode of the SD Farrell Show. I'm Justin Thin. I'm here with my co-host Matt Let's Chin. Let's go. How you doing today, Matt? I'm doing okay. I know, a little, a little tired, uh, yeah. as you can tell right now. No, I'm fired up to be here, man. Another <laughs> day of talking about those green and white Spartans over in East Lansing. SD Farrell Show. Let's get it popping, but not before asking you, yes. Justin, which nobody ever asks. It's been about six days since anyone has asked you this question. <laughs> How you doing, man? We doing okay? Good. Yes. Good. It's always go. impressive to see you. Just come alive as the yeah. show starts same well yeah. actually i shouldn't say that even before the second i walk in the door you're already jumping up and down yeah just the enthusiasm you, yeah. the enthusiasm the professionalism yeah the intensity sure. unmatched unrivaled in the industry i'm like a young puppy whose owner just left for six days and i just saw you walk by the window that's why i was just jumping up and down running circles that was like oh my god i thought you'd leave forever and no we're, we're back uh as usual but this time on a tuesday that's right club is going up on a tuesday jt i'm sure kids still sing that song i'm sure it's a very relevant lyric to drop but club's going up on a tuesday here yeah. at sd4l yeah it's, God, that's uh, the whitest thing i've ever said in my life but whatever <laughs> we'll we'll move on we'll keep shopping through that. that's okay a lot of show left yeah it's um one of those may days not a lot going on in terms of the world nah, of nah. uh coverage for nah. michigan state um does that mean we stop though no it does not mean that we stop chop yes. away let's 100 we're gonna chop through a it's, show today it's gonna be um picking up here soon next month yeah official visits coming up we'll talk about that in in one of the segments later in the show but it's going to be a a fun time in june i think uh, a lot of sustainable gettable targets this time around so we're just biding time letting these last 10 days or so tick by whatever news that we may get is a bonus but june june's where it starts also may 31st next week Mm. Uh, actually god it's gonna be a wednesday if i'm not mistaken i don't know we'll go back and see if i did the days right there we're going to get, like, weeks zero through three TV times and schedules for the Ooh. college football season. Like, any other month of the year, like, that's, that's news that would put you to sleep. But, man, when it's May yeah. and you're fiending for anything about your college team, I mean, hey, yeah. networks and TV times for kickoffs, like, that that gets you fired up. Yeah. That gets you fired up. If you're a sick person like us. Yeah, like, of course. So, yeah. Of course. Yeah. And um, the fact that you know that just – Great reporting. We're there. in it deep. Yeah. The, the, the next yeah. Bruce Feldman, if I do say so myself. <laughs> you know what? That's that's what they call me. That's right. <laughs> it's um yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. And also here as the weeks and months go on, you start to see some opening lines emerge. There's some sprinkled through all over the season right now. An interesting one that caught my eye, Matt. The week two match, I think it was week two, or is it no, week one against Central Michigan. Week one, numero uno. Yep. Fourteen point 
uh, line from Michigan State. Fav- favorites. favorites. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's good. All right, you can never be too sure in the world of gambling. You know, you'll yeah. see some squirrely lines yeah. out there. But that's interesting. That's uh, Caesars. I think Caesars is the only one that has that up. Yeah. But that's uh, that's an interesting line. What was your? Fir- I'm just gonna bounce it right back to you. What, yeah. what was your first thought when you saw that line? Was it like, oh yeah, that sounds about right? Was it like, um, that's a little too close for my comfort, or what? What were you I, feeling here? I, I think that there has been a lot made. Um, if you zoom out and look at nationally Vegas, all that, there's been a lot made of the Peyton Thorne departure. Okay. Um, I do think the Keon departure was huge, um, but people in Vegas that set these lines for NFL games, a receiver going from active to out moves the line usually maybe a point at most. Okay. I think the wins above replacement in Vegas terms for wide receivers 0. 0.6 points. All right. Um, I don't think that if you insert Keon into this, Vegas would suddenly have MSU at minus 14 and a half. Sure. Okay. But I do think if you insert Peyton Thorne, Vegas would have had a much different line. Yeah. I personally don't subscribe to the theory, as I've talked about in the show and other times, that that's that big of a loss. We'll find out if I'm wrong. We will. Could be the case. We will. Um, but because of that, I think Michigan State fans that believe that quarterback play won't drop off and may improve have kind of a discounted line there that they can jump in on. Yeah, I don't hate it either because it is going to be a different look Michigan State team. I yeah. think very highly of the run game going into next year, whereas you know last year kind of lacked. Kind so, of yeah, mm-hmm. let's say the passing game doesn't click immediately. I still think that just with this healthy offensive right. line because, hey, week one, ideally, in theory, this worked about half the first game last year, but you are healthy Health. for that week one game. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, 14 points. Look, I'm yeah. not going to say out loud that oh, that should be no problem because when I speak out loud about gambling – <laughs> we know what happens. I, I lose money. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's it's a fine spread. It's yeah. double digits against an interstate team, yeah. directional school. Like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I think uh, Michigan State should be able to cover that. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That That's an interesting line right there. I haven't looked at that many of them. Um, I think there was a Florida-Utah uh, return game, this time oh. in Utah, that I thought that it was it easy to take Utah there. I think um, Cam Rising, I believe, tore his uh, ACL in the Rose Bowl, so I don't know if he'll be back. Right. I think that's the lo- yeah. reason the line is is that way. But Graham Mertz in Florida going to Utah, I don't know that's if – right. It so, is Graham Mertz in Florida. Yeah. I forgot we, about that. We'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll dive into that in the coming weeks sure. and months, and Ample that'll be time. some fun opportunities to yeah. pick out to see where Vegas is maybe lacking because from what I've seen in the term in, in the world of college football betting, if you want to kill Vegas, which is hard to do, if you want to do it, it's got to be in the first couple weeks. Yes, it is. And yes, it after is. that, it, it levels out quickly. There's one month of the whole year where I go heavily into the black, and it is those first four <laughs> weeks of the college football season. Like it, it is like shooting fish in a barrel. So yeah, yeah. If an idiot like me is making hay in the first few weeks, that means everyone. Yeah. Everyone is destroying the first few weeks of college football season. So <laughs> yeah. I don't even look at it as gambling. I just look at it as like money oh, investment season. <laughs> it's money money laundering season. It's great. Time to get my NIL funds in check. It's great. So there we go. Can't wait for September to roll around. Yep. JT, we're going to kick off this bad boy with a new segment. Mm. Uh, this is very, very creative. I uh, hope everyone's sitting down. This is going to take a little bit to explain here. It's called This or That. I'm oh, just going to okay. name you two scenarios, and you just got to pick which one you'd rather take. And I, who knows, we, we may even banter about it. Oh, who's, who's to say? Okay. So stay tuned. That's right, you kids at home. Uh, are you ready to play some This or That? I've got about six-ish of these right now. Yes, let's play This or That with those six-ish. Well, we're going to do our official visits preview here in a little bit, but there is a good handful of four-star receivers coming to campus. I've counted four so far. 
So, would you rather have two of those four-star receivers commit by the end of June or one David Stone? David Stone, if you don't know, top 10 recruit in the nation, defensive lineman. Would you rather have one five-star David Stone or two four-star receivers? Let's say like Quasi Gilmer and Nick Marsh or Bronte Johnson and Nick Marsh. Any comment? You get to pick your combination. That's how nice I am. I, Matt, am all about the trenches. Give me David Stone in that scenario. Um, okay. Personally, the way that I look at high school recruiting is you have to excel at recruiting offensive tackles, defensive ends, and I guess you can pretty much throw an interior line, interior D-line, which David Stone is there, um, into that group, and then probably quarterback. After that, it quickly becomes a scenario where you can get decent talent of that sort from the portal. You're not going to get a Stanton Ramble in the portal, most likely. Um, so those are the positions that you have to keep recruiting well. I would almost take too many, which is not possible in my right. opinion. I'd almost take too many offensive and defensive linemen every year sure. and just um, maybe take one less uh, running back or one less receiver every single year. And um, that's just how I view roster construction. So because of that, I would say David Stone is my answer there. God, I just like I, I fell in love on a what was it? I think it was a fall night or maybe a spring night watching just Nick Marsh film though. Mm. like that. I don't know how he's a four star. Like I, I must not get how recruiting <laughs> rankings work or anything because like every single play. And look, I get that highlight tapes are yeah. only the good plays. You know, you're not getting a lot of drop passes on highlight tapes. Mm-hmm. But just watching his highlight tape was some of the best I've seen from a receiver recruit, especially in the state of Michigan. I yeah. mean. God bless any single high schooler that has to go up against him, whether it be single coverage or double coverage in the state. I mean, God, you're just sitting in an anatomy yeah. class dissecting a frog, and <laughs> you gotta you gotta cover Nick Marsh in four hours after that. Like that's a miserable Friday for uh, any yeah. any Detroit area high schooler. But yeah, man, um, I just I fell in love with Nick Marsh, so I might even go four, two four star okay. receivers here. Okay, Bronte Johnson also is is a neat yes. for yeah, me yeah. As well. Bronte I mean, Johnson's God, a good one. Jordan are, Ross Jordan is just Ross a is just ace. a speedster. Yeah, yeah. Um, even a three star, at which I know it doesn't uh, fit the prompt, but Javarius Green sure. from North Carolina, his dad Willie Green played for the Detroit Lions. Okay, he's just a speed demon too. So could use some of those. Yeah, I like that. And the kid that they just offered from Cincinnati, whose name I'm not remembering right now, they offered him yesterday. Okay, today 24/7 both are from an 84 to an 88, and uh, that was that. a great find by Hawk. He clocked a 10/7 at 6'2", 200 pounds. So just just over the moon at getting to see how this plays out in the receiver recruiting room just gonna be a lot of fun to see how that goes 10-7 is like my 40 time these days yeah that's that's very impressive (laughs) all right would you rather have now this we could debate this the rest of the evening we could shut this thing down at midnight if you want to would you rather have for football a healthy offense all year or a healthy defense i'm talking all 11 starters all their backups healthy the entire year we're not doing the complete barrage of injuries like we did on defense last year. Like You get to pick one side of the ball, though. Who do you want to stay fully healthy this year, Justin? Easily for me, the defense. Easily? Easily. It's not even a question. Wow. Um, I would Easily. not want to see, um, or we actually wouldn't get to find anything out about the defensive scheme if last year unfolds okay. a second okay. time. Okay. I'd like to concretely know was last year mostly injury driven um, or was it an actual fall fall of the schemes now granted they kept changing the schemes and the complaint i kept seeing is oh they don't make any adjustments they'd go from playing the four three to playing the three four to playing a four two five and they would be playing press they were playing off they were changing stuff all the time nothing just worked yeah so i'd like to find out with 
top level starting talent. And also beyond that, a lot of these guys on the defensive backfield, basically everyone except the defensive line and the linebackers. So both safety positions, nickel, corner, they're all young guys. You need them to stay healthy for a whole year and develop. So they're redshirt, sophomore, and true junior years next year. They mm -hmm. have all these reps under their belt. Lastly, the offense has more depth at pretty much all the positions, I think. You're down to your third string running back. That's Jaron Mango. Yeah. You're down to yeah. um, second string quarterback. That's someone that could possibly win the job as far as where right. we're sitting right now. Receiver, you lose maybe, unfortunately, somebody like a Tyrell Henry or a, or a Trey Mosley. You have a Montori Foster and a Jerron Glover there. How big is the drop-off? So, like, that's yeah. kind of the way that, that I view this. You might have just swung me over to your mm. side because I was squarely on offense because, like, look, there is mystery in the passing game, right? right? Like, the receiver room completely blown up for the most part. These are names that we're familiar with, but these are going to be very increased roles, obviously. Right. Quarterback, it's going to be a new face, and while we're confident that there's not going to be much drop-off between, you know, Thorne, who left, and then the right. other two guys, and the staff is echoing that support as well right. by not going fishing for another quarterback right. in the portal. Still, there's a lot of things that you don't know, but, like, I, I feel pretty confident in the run game. Mm -hmm. Nathan Carter, like, from what we saw in the short amount of film at UConn, and mm -hmm. just what you're hearing from the whispers inside of Scandalera's football center, like, Nathan Carter could very well be him. And, yeah, sure, you got some depth there. Like, Jalen Berger came on strong last year. You got Jaron Mangum as well. But, like, I just – I want – one strength of the offense to just be healthy all year. And if that's going to be the run game with those starting five linemen mm -hmm. or even like six, there's going to be some pretty heavy rotation going on, right. I would imagine at least. Yeah. But plus Nathan Carter, like, that's why I was on the offense. But man, I, yeah, we, we do got to know what the defense is all about yeah. this year. That's that might, that just might be enough to swing me over to the defense. And also our front six or front seven, whatever you want to call it, is sick. So yeah. like it's yeah. it, it's pretty good this year and that could be a saving grace going into next year. So fine defense, you got me Justin. <laughs> Swung me on my own game here. That's well done. Well done. There we go. You want it was to do good it? it was good points all all around though, even what you were saying about yeah. the offense. It'd be good to see. It'd be good to see. I don't know if this uh mic went out, but yeah. it'd be good to see um some semblance of consistent running back production yeah. this year. So yeah. excited to see what Nathan Carter can do and um yeah, I think there will be an O-line rotation of six, probably seven, probably at least seven guys. Um, whoever loses the right guard battle and whoever is the third offensive tackle, I think those those two guys will be playing a ton. Maybe it's just two because, like, I'm so hung up on all the third and shorts or all the fourth and shorts yeah. that they did not pick up last year that, like, yeah. by any means necessary, do I want to start seeing those picked up at yeah. an absolute, like, better 100%. rate? A hundred percent. I mean, and, and it's that so, helps, too. It's so <laughs> exciting that there's going to be somebody that specializes in that right jaron mangum was brought in specifically yeah. to be that guy yeah at um south florida i don't know i don't think his yards per carry were off the charts but i think the guy had like 12 or 13 touchdowns last year gotcha. okay just, just give him the ball at the two yard line and he's getting in yeah I, the guy's built like an ox yeah you know so that's it's there's it, an art form to it too like yeah, sure. um you look at michigan blake horam much more effective short yardage um yeah fourth and inches fourth and one runner than donovan edwards one guy might be better. Donovan Edwards might even play longer in the NFL or whatever, but Blake Corum just knows how to get those short yeah. yardage things. So There's a craft. Art form to it. There's a craft to it. Want to do another one? Another this or that? Yes. Let's we keep, need to keep going. Let's keep the ball rolling here. Tons of fun. Two of the same records right here. Would you rather have Michigan State go 7-5? and five? Okay, that's it. 7-5. and five. But would you rather go 7-5 and five with wins over Penn State and Washington or 7-5 and five with just a win over Michigan? What would you take there? Are you going to take the two pretty good wins against top 15 teams, or are you just going to take the one big rivalry interstate Paul Bunyan trophy win in that 7-5 and five season? 
So the way I look at it is what would be a bigger win for recruiting purposes. Yeah, right. Um, I agree. I think the win over Penn State would be very impressive in terms of the fact that they are going to be up there in that playoff echelon this year if Drew yeah. Aller plays at a B minus B plus level. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington probably will finish right behind USC in the Pac-12. They're close to that playoff kind of a realm. But Michigan played in the playoff the last two years. Sure did. So if you can go and tell recruits, hey, in the last four years, we're three and one against Michigan, and this was Michigan's best stretch, or at least the final three of those four years, I think that means more, especially in the area that you recruit. Penn State doesn't, or Michigan State doesn't really go out to the East Coast. They don't try to recruit um, Philadelphia private schools. Gotcha. They don't really go into. Uh, Pittsburgh that much. It's starting to go a little bit into upstate New York now that Salgado's there. Yeah. But other than the occasional cast tech kid that Penn State, Michigan State get after, that's not that much overlap. So I think it would help from a recruiting perspective to beat Michigan much more uh, from a logical standpoint. Um, and even if you go and you beat Washington, first of all, it's at home this year on like last year. And also, you don't recruit in the Pacific Northwest that much. Mm-hmm. So just from all the recruiting angles, not even talking about the monumental, I guess, nature of the win and the emotion and the rivalry, I think that alone would be my answer. Then when you add in those things, I think uh, if you're talking about seven and five both ways and you're not yeah. saying, hey, if you take scenario two, you're, you're six and six. Sure. If I'm seven and five both ways, I'm taking the, the Michigan side. Let me just remix then a little bit. Okay. Seven and five with a win over Michigan or eight and four with wins over Penn State and Washington. Does that extra win just randomly, let's say it's like that road game at Minnesota is what you pick up. Or the I road th- game at Iowa is what you yeah, pick up. I, like, I, th- I think you take that eighth win. Yeah. And, so um, yeah. and then the chance to make a nine in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think an extra whole win carries um, a good amount of weight in that regard. I would agree. There we go. And I could, look, I can see both arguments, too, because I mean, let's not get a twist. There's a lot of passion in this rivalry as mm-hmm. well. Michigan is on a momentum heater right now. So anything that you could do to break the stride, yeah, that's going to help. But, yeah, I, I think I would go 8-4 and four right. with those okay. two big wins right there because uh, Washington's yeah. going to be sick this year. I mean, yeah. yeah. Going back to spreads earlier, they're already 12.5-point favorites at Spartan Stadium when we meet in uh, week three. So uh, it, it's going to be a tough game, but, hey. A lot of offseason. There's options, some so. uh, there's some good value in uh, Michael Penix Heisman odds. I don't know if they've changed the last three four weeks, but okay. in April there was some good value in Michael Penix Heisman odds. I don't even care what they are. I'm just going to blindly take them. I think because yeah, I, I think it'd be a good idea. I'm already so sad. Uh, all right, MSU football steals Carson Cooper for the season. That's right. Hmm. He ain't playing basketball. Nope, Mel Tucker says, son, we need you down here. And you get to pick what position Carson Cooper plays. Or Michigan State Hoops steals Tyrell Henry. What would you rather have? What swap do do you want to see more here? MSU football stealing Carson Cooper. Like, even when the football season ends, Carson Cooper says, "I've, I've loved this so much, I'm not going back to the basketball court. Same with Tyrell Henry. He's not starting with football. He is dedicating his life to basketball. I think it has to be the first one just out of sheer need. Michigan State cannot afford to lose Tyrell Henry. Okay. Um, Okay. Not that Michigan State basketball can afford to lose um, possibly the starting center in a big, big season. That's what I was trying to do. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. This is going better than I thought it was. uh, There we go. I got you stressed over there. This is a good – the stakes are higher for MSU basketball this year. Um, Yeah, they are. The opportunity, the the ceiling is higher. Yeah. Look. I also think that if after this trade is made, th- not thinking of who it hurts in terms of who's leaving, but how they can impact the team they're going to. Sure. I think um, Carson Cooper as like a red zone tight end. Yes. Would have much more of an impact than oh, yeah. Tyrell uh, playing on the hoops team. No disrespect, Tyrell. Um, 
I'm, I'm just taking Tyson Walker over you in that shooting guard role. Wow. Um, How dare you? So <laughs> I, I think I think that's really where when it comes down to is if you're taking Tyrell off the football team, first of all, they can't afford to lose him. And second of all, I don't know if he's going to make as much of an impact for his next team yeah. as a tight end, uh, a former basketball player converted tight end can't. Now, if it was like last year where depth is a little thin on the basketball team, like maybe that makes it a little more interesting, but maybe not. The only thing that I would say for MSU football stealing Carson Cooper is just like you said, the red zone targets. Yeah. I mean, this, he would have 16 catches for 15 touchdowns. Yeah. It would just yeah. be a, a, magic, a magical, yeah. magical season. And, yeah, I'm sure he would uh, have a great time. Uh, do you want to do one yes. more here? One more. Okay. Yes. Tell Tom Izzo that you totaled his car or – Opening night, sold out Spartan Stadium, missed the ball completely during the Buick field goal challenge between the third and fourth quarter. Would you rather have the private moment with Tom Izzo and tell him that you totaled his car that he lent to you for an yes. evening? Or in front of 75,000 strong, it's going to be a bigger number once you become viral after that clip when you miss the ball completely and slip on your back. So, hmm. yeah. See, this, the, the thing is, is I don't view that second thing as – a negative per se. Oh wow! Any press is good press. I like yes, that. Yes, that's exactly there what my next go. line was going to be. I like that. Yep. So because of that, that's I'm starting to lean towards that. <laughs> On the other hand, though, if you have to deliver some bad news to coaches, mm-hmm. kind of just follow that up with, say, man, this transfer portal just just the worst. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> you have a nice icebreaker there. You know you're yeah. going to agree over it. Yeah. Conversation <laughs> shifts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, they're both appealing options, uh, or I guess yeah. not appealing options. The, the, the Izzo car crash one's not appealing, um, but they both kind of have um, a double-edged sword to them. I, I, think I'd rather, I think I'd rather go viral for missing a field goal. Um, what, I, you got to answer this one first. There's something that just <laughs> popped into my head that actually makes me think that I want to go to the Izzo thing because, they, uh, first and foremost, there, there's like a sick part of me that just like wants to experience what it's like to get reamed out by Tom Izzo. Like, I, I just I wanted to see what that's like in the moment. Um, so that would definitely be a prime spot. But also, like, what I just thought of, how can you twist the conversation into like party hard, jokey positive? It's gonna be very hard. But like, isn't there the story that like Mateen Cleaves when he was visiting Michigan, like there was this car crash that they were in, yes. and I think everyone made it out okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of just like bring that up, like it was like oh, mm. it's like the time that it's like the time that it, oh, Mateen yeah. got that accident. Got a national right? championship point guard, yeah, just like that's this. That's what the car looks like, just like that. Hey, maybe number two is coming this year. Then Tom, isn't that weird how things happen like that? Ah, and then he punches me clean in the throat and then i regret <laughs> taking option a instead of option b and we just go back to the drawing board after that but no i, th- I think i'd go i think i'd go number one also okay. what, what, a, what a great story at the bar to say like yeah hey total time is this car <laughs> that's right and then everyone's gonna look at you like why are you bragging about that and you're like, yeah. i don't know but i'm at, but yeah. i am so yeah. i mean plus you can always ask like how that goes um you can ask uh, Jeff Jackson. That's true. Yeah. yeah, if I do have Ann Arbor PD on the mix, like yeah. I, I don't even have to like file any paperwork, let right. alone have any fines or anything yeah. against me. So yeah, yeah that's a okay. I'll make right. sure I do that. Like we're in like a what number was Jeff Jackson? Number zero jersey? Whatever he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll do that as well. Yeah, sounds I'm, good. I'm gonna just go do this now. <laughs> I'm just gonna put this to the test now. I mean, we we test hypothesis on this show. Hypo- yeah. Hypothesis. The scientific process. We do. That's right. We are cerebral on this yes. program. There we go. So, uh, well, hey, thanks for playing this mm-hmm. 
Or that, Justin. We gotta we gotta make this more recurring. This oh, yeah. this was probably the most fun segment yeah. in my opinion so far. There we go. Who needs guests? You know, let's, <laughs> let's keep on rolling out hypotheticals here. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you back in the hot seat for uh, two or facts. One is whack. But, okay. Uh, it is not that time right now. We'll we'll wait a little bit until we get you sweating. Yeah. yeah. Sweating. Sounds good. Is Should we time? talk, Matt, about those aforementioned official visits that we talked about earlier? I would love to. It's a big month coming up, man. Right now, um, the, the class of 2024 has room. It has room. It's, you know what? Uh, what's that clip that they always show? Uh, we ain't done. It's like, sure hope you're not. Uh, there are uh, enough kids to fit on a rowboat in this class, uh, so we got to start stacking this up here. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get out of June with uh, more kids that can fill an elevator. Yeah. That, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, let's just start talking about those kids then. Yeah. And then so guarantee Matt, which ones are going to commit if you don't mind. Yeah, all Thanks. of them. No, okay, good. All right. So, so Matt, the, the number one thing that I wanted to see this um, June, yeah. and we're talking about like a month or two ago before having seen any official visits come up, it's having a huge slate of kids that are winnable battles okay. in terms yeah. of not just ranking, but the flavor of schools in their top schools list. Okay. Um, or do they have Oregon and Miami in their top three? Or is it um, kind of some of your Midwest schools? Is it your Penn States and your Notre Dames? Okay. Um, wanted it to be more of those mid, uh, those uh, Notre Dames and those Penn States. You have guys like Bronte Johnson, have um, guys of that flavor that you can go ahead and uh, Nick Marsh as well. Yep. It's those guys that are not in those heavy NIL bidding wars. And to be fair, like a lot of these recruitments that, that Michigan State was in, um, even Oklahoma, David Stone, it was Michigan State, Oklahoma. Yep. Pretty good shape there um, before some D-line departures. And Oklahoma and Michigan State were really the top two. Oregon kind of came in later. So mm-hmm. it's not like Michigan State got involved in the middle of a bidding war. So sometimes, you know, not their fault. Other times, I do think they needed to be more selective last year. Now, I think there's 32 visits on the docket today okay. um, on 24-7 Sports, uh, our visit tracker that we have there. Of those 32, um, kind of just estimating, I'd say 27, 28 of them are those non-pipe dream kind of recruitments. I wouldn't say they're in the top one or two in all of them, but mm-hmm. it's not one of those things where you're like, well, if Michigan State lands this kid, it would be unprecedented. <laughs> sure. That sort of a thing. There's a couple of those guys. There's the Jason Brown Jr. Uh, running back out from uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Um, even a linebacker for stuff from California, uh, Kamar Mathodi, uh, Mathudi. He has Texas, um, Oregon, Washington, USC. Those are kind of the schools up there. But other than that, it's a lot of guys that Michigan State can land. And um, that's a change from last year's class. And uh, I guess I'll start to kind of go through them weekend sure. by weekend here. Um, so starting the very, very first weekend, I'll kind of run through the names, and then I'll just hit on some guys that um, probably have more talking points to go with them. So Rydarius Morgan, he is a four or sorry, a three-star, almost a four-star, safety from Alabama. You're looking at Justin Denson. He remains unrated, um, but he has a great offer sheet. He's from Rhode Island. He's a safety. So two guys right there from the defensive backfield. You have Eric Carner. Eric Carner has Alabama, Purdue, uh, who he decommitted from, actually, I think, Iowa. Um, and uh, I think there's another – oh, Florida. 
Okay. Those are the kind of schools in his top five list. But I think if, if my info is not wrong, which is very fluid, which will change with OVs, but I think it's Iowa and Michigan State there right now. Granted, I was very good with tight ends. Yep. Uh, Michigan State has not been the last few years. So I was going to be tough to beat, but I'd rather go up against Iowa than Miami or Oregon. Um, so even like the best kids, like they kind of have that tilt to them this year. Jalen Thompson is currently committed to Michigan State. He's coming in that first weekend. Kaden Daniels, he's the running back committed to Florida. Might be a tough flip there. Strong great, player, though. Yeah, great yeah. highlight tape there. But, hey, the interest from running backs is still there. It just continues to be there. Eventually got to sign some of these guys. Yep. Lost the Audric Estimates of the world in the first class. Lost uh, Ked Reesano last class. But the kids are still visiting. The interest is still there. Just got to land them this time around. Uh, Mario Buford, four-star cornerback down from Texas, also coming that weekend. His brother plays at Nebraska. That's going to be tough. Gotcha. But it's Michigan State and Nebraska at the very top. Again, prefer that over Oregon any single day of the week. Sure. So, um, Quasi Gilmore, uh, five-star or sorry, four-star wide receiver from Chatsworth, California, coming up that weekend. Um, UCLA is probably the leading school there. Michigan State's probably right there in the next tier. Jordan Ross, Michigan State's his only official visit as far as I know right now. Gotcha. He took an unofficial to UCLA back in early early April, but he's the he's one of those guys that really loves Coach Hawk. Talked to him last month. He was really excited to come up. Marcellus Barnes Jr. from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's a four-star cornerback, so another four-star corner that same weekend there. Uh, Zadavian Sims just committed to Oregon, like, Two or three days ago, yet is taking an official visit to Michigan State. So we'll see. We'll see what that's all about. And uh, Bronte Johnson, who it seems like he has some Notre Dame crystal balls. Not entirely sure how hard Notre Dame is pushing for him. At least at receiver, I think they might like him at DB a little more. But Purdue's the only other OV right now, and that's a top 150 kid. So that's not a bad spot to be. Then you have unrated uh, Cameron Campbell, uh, who's a Tampa, Florida corner, who also has an Ole Miss offer. Haven't really watched him yet, to be honest. Can't say if he's truly underrated um, yet, but uh, that's an intriguing guy right there to see. Javarius Green, we talked about him. Son of Willie Green, the Lions player. Speedster. Again, this kid's ranked 726th, but yet the tape is much better than that. That's something that I'm seeing as a common trend this time around. Um, I think at, at at this point the receiver talent is we can we can kind of spotlight them in the coming weeks, but I think they're the anchor of this class. DB is up there too. Last cycle we kind of saw O line and D line anchoring. This time I think yep. it'll be receiver and, and DB. Sire Torrance, that's a guy that I've been high on ever since I first saw his tape. Uh, decommitted from Syracuse, scheduled as Michigan State official visit shortly before that. Um, a lot of those East Coast uh, schools have come in. Pitt. Temple, a lot of those schools. Ours from Ohio. I think that is probably an OSU lean right there right now. He's a guy that has an OSU uh, official visit scheduled as well. So that one will be tricky, but it's a two-team race from what it seems like right now. You have Andrew Dennis, the uh, O-line commit, who's almost a four-star, high three-star, also coming that weekend. Uh, Kamar Mathudi, who I talked about earlier, who kind of has that tough visit list. Then you have one of my favorite players in the class, and that's Nathan Roy, offensive tackle from Wisconsin. He's ranked 187th in the nation. Having someone like him possibly join the class, that could be another sort of um, Stanton Rammel type of thing, back-to-back years, so that would be great. Uh, Dylan Williams, he might be a hard pull, but four-star linebacker from Long Beach Poly. Long Beach Poly would be an amazing school to try to get into. That'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. great great uh, recruiting uh, area to tap into. Caden Durham, 
He's a 5'9 speedster from Duncanville, Texas. He's a running back. Alabama is after him. He's one of those four or five kind of pipe dream guys that might fall in that category. It's good to have a few of them. Um, you just don't want too many of them. And then Jamari Howard, who was committed to Michigan State for a while. I think uh, all of us were kind of just jokingly expecting, hey, when is this decommitment coming? Uh, he joined right after that Minnesota blowout. Um, just committed randomly, stayed committed this whole time while entertaining the, the schools down south. One of those South Florida recruitments that have kind of um, uh, just uh, had, a, had a brand about them now. So I think I'll probably stop there after the first two weekends. We're going to be adding That's more strong. guys, but um, don't want to go too long here. Um, the only other thing I'd point out is in that third weekend, Mike Williams, uh, South Carolina offensive tackle commit, who is no longer a South Carolina offensive tackle commit. Um, decommitted today. Michigan State scheduled his official visit immediately. He was already scheduled to come on June 9th before he committed to South Carolina. Canceled that, committed to South Carolina, and now he'll be here June 16th. Um, so again, we'll talk about those final two weekends as it gets closer, but a lot to like about those first two weekends, Matt. I, I like how front-loaded it is, too, because, you know, the old adage in recruiting mm -hmm. is, and I bring this up all the time, is that you want to be that first visit, yep. or you want to be that last visit. You verified that. I'm not mm -hmm. just saying that. I'm talking to the expert right. here. So, Eight, eight four-stars in that first weekend, batting first on June 2nd. And, uh, again, one of those guys is a very fringe guy, fringe three-star, mm -hmm. um, out there on the board uh, in Eric Carner. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good way to kick things off over there in East Lansing. And then, well, yeah, the second weekend, too, I'm counting five four-stars as well. So, nice little yeah. one-two punch to get the party started here. And, yeah, I mean, we got a full month of this, so... We'll get more into the weeds here once more visits are booked and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I had my eye on. June 2nd, not just because it's, you know, the first weekend and the closest one, but just the importance that that first weekend yeah. has. So, yep, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, I'm ready so. for June. June will be fun. Exciting to follow, exciting to talk about, all that good stuff. So, God, mm -hmm. you could have two receivers. What two are you picking? Putting on the spot Nick here. Marsh. Yeah. That's a good And idea. then I'd pair him with probably whoever the fastest receiver who's a verified time they can get. Um, maybe Jordan Ross. Uh, maybe Bronte Johnson. He's the one who I don't really know a track time of. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, probably Jordan Ross. Um, maybe Javarius Green. He'll be a hard-pulled North Carolina kid with a UNC offer. But, yeah, give me Nick Marsh and whoever the fastest verified um, okay. receiver is of the group. So you want them all in the same official visit, starting on the end zone. First one to get to the 40-yard <laughs> line uh, is a take. All the other ones, no, yeah. leave. Your, yeah. your bags are packed in the other end zone. Go pick them up and get in yeah. the new hall. Okay. That, yeah, that's like about that. right. <laughs> new, new director of recruiting and uh, player personnel, Mark D. Thorne, if you're listening. Yes. Oh, never misses gonna, the show. You're going to yep. reschedule all of them. You're going to have them all show up to the same official visit. Yep. You're going to Give all of them the hard sell, the hard pitch. Put them in the in the exit meeting with Coach Tucker, and all the kids that try to commit, you have them line up. You say Nick, Nick Marsh, Megatron Marsh. You stand over there. Mm -hmm. You're good. You hold the stopwatch, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. And then everyone else <laughs> run over there, run to the 50, um, and whoever gets there first, we'll post your commitment graphic. 
and uh, call it a day. I like that. So instead of Ferraris, instead of farm animals, uh, we're just doing gassers, burpees, suicides. Uh, we're, we're doing the uh, Green Bays. We're, we're doing the full conditioning. Like it's yeah, the complete kids, opposite. Like, kids, oh, you thought kids, this was the finesse kids are gonna, lifestyle? Kids are going to find out that do, they're doing that on June 2nd, and suddenly all the business get canceled June 9th yes. to the 23rd. But hey, dang it, everyone in that first weekend commits because they don't run away from the grind. No, they don't. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't see how we don't get hired as recruiting assistants right. after this little snippet yeah. here. So, um, yeah. again, uh, Deathorn, if you're listening, uh, Mel Tucker, <laughs> I know for a fact you're listening. You never miss a show of this. Uh, we're ready. Uh, cheap hourly rates, too, at least on my end. Um, excited to help. Yeah. Excited to help out. Yeah. Um, there we go. Are you ready to start uh, perspiring yes. a little bit here? Yes. Justin. 4-12 and 12 is my record. Yes, 4-12 and 12 is the record. And I understand. I'm jumping segments here. I just saw that. But we'll get back to the other thing uh, here in a little bit. Hey, to our facts, one is whack. Very complex game. It's three statements. Two of them are going to be factual. One of them is going to be whackual. Are you ready yes. to play two or facts? One is whack. Um, I'm repeating a theme. Okay. This is NBA playoffs once again. Are mm. you ready to play two or facts? One is whack. Yes. As long as Marcus Smart's name is not brought up. I don't see a Marcus Smart Excellent. on this. Okay. Al Horford, hopefully no. I don't see a Mr. Okay, Warford perfect, on perfect. here as well either. No, but I do have a cross-sport one for the first one. Mm. Statement number one, MSU football's kickers had more field goals made last year than Max Christie did in the playoffs this year. So, of course, two different kinds of field goals. One is putting the ball through the net on a shot from the floor, and the other one is putting a kick through the uprights. So that's number one. MSU football's kickers had more field goals made last year than Max Christie had in the playoffs. All right, that is number one. Okay. Statement number two. Of any Spartan in this year's playoffs, Draymond Green had the most points, he had the most rebounds, and he had the most assists of any other former Spartan playing in the NBA playoffs. The most points, rebounds, and assists. Statement number three. MSU football will not have a break between games this fall longer than the break the Denver Nuggets will have from game four of the Western Conference Finals to game one of the NBA Finals. You said MSU football won't? MSU football will not have a break between games longer than the break between the Denver Nuggets games for the Western Conference Finals and game one of the NBA Finals. When, when are the finals starting? Late June? There's no... Hmm. Yeah, that's this, right. What is hmm. something peculiar hmm. about hmm is this? right. Yeah, isn't it? No. Because hmm. if, if Michigan State has a bye, they're not playing football for about two weeks. 13 days, 12 days. Hmm. They did. They did sweep the Lakers. Can, can you read this question again? Yeah, sure, of course. MSU football will not have a break between games this fall longer than the break the Denver Nuggets will have from Game Four of the Western Conference Finals to Game One of the NBA Finals. NBA, like basketball, like national basketball. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay, got it. And MSU football, like the football team in the fall. Got him frozen. Can I ask when the finals start? No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Because at most. Yeah. Cool. First of all, does this not entail kind of prediction uh, metrics in terms of like, when do you think the Boston series is going to end sort of thing? Oh, the the date's already set in stone. It does not matter when the Boston series ends. Okay. So whether or not Boston loses tonight. Yep. 
or they go to game seven. Game one is locked. Okay, is so that means locked. it's definitely. Yeah, there's a hard date on that. Yep. Okay, so they're going to play tonight. They're going to play two nights. They're going to play four nights. Six nights at most. Then they'll probably give them three days, two days of rest. Looking at like 10 days max. There's no reason for the NBA to not start the finals in the next 10 or 11 <laughs> days. And even if after a bye, Michigan State's next game is on a Friday, that would still be 12 days. Even if they're, yeah. I, it's probably not this one because it's too unbelievable to actually be whack. I'm just going to choose it out of principle that it, it has to be the third one. Follow your gut, Justin. It is the third one. Oh, it is go. the third one. So, yeah, it, it, is, it is a two-week break between games for Michigan State football, but it is still an incredibly long break between games for the Denver Nuggets. It is nine days from game four when they beat the Lakers last night to their first game, whether it's the Heat or whether it's the Celtics, uh-huh. who, no matter who it is. Nine days. These guys are on ice. Yeah, that's forever. wild. Nine forever. days of so, the finals. Nine days. The other facts right there. Uh, so, Max Christie, he made five field goals in the NBA playoffs this time. Uh, at Michigan State football, six made field goals last year. See, it wasn't all bad. It was great. Uh, and then also, of any Spartan in this year's playoffs, Draymond Green had the most points. He had the most rebounds, and he had the most assists. He had the most points by five points. All right, he had 113 points this playoffs. Jaron Jackson had 108. Xavier Tillman, 52. The rebounds, he had them by a pretty good margin. He had 83. Yeah. Jaron Jackson, 47. Xavier Tillman, 48. And then the assists blew them out of the water for this one as well. He had 82 assists wow. in the playoffs. Jaron Jackson, 9 assists. And then Xavier Tillman, 19 assists. So, uh... Xavier Tillman, yeah. triple-double across, you know, a combined over the playoffs, so, which is yeah. pretty good. So Next Steve Nash. There you go. Thanks for playing. Two are facts. One is whack. Five and 12. There you go. Hang the banner in the rafters. Yep. Let's go. Um, you know what? I got a this or that question for you. You know what? We're going to spin it back to a second yes. to introduce another segment right here. Would you rather play Butler in the Gavit games at home, or would you rather go on the road to face Marquette in Milwaukee during the Gavit games? What would you rather have? So are you asking this as if I am Coach Izzo, where my priorities are kind of developing the team? Are you asking me this as a spectator of the game? Um, Spectator. Because for me, it's the same answer, I think, so... I, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going with where you're going. I think I'm choosing Marquette. Butler's not a needle mover for me. Yeah. Like the, the whole like Pierre Brooks returning home, it does, <laughs> that does not get me out of bed. I'm sorry. Like, no disrespect. It doesn't get me out of bed. Yeah. Like, like the cool thing is, like, Thad Mata versus Tom Izzo. You know, like, those yeah. guys had battles, you know, a decade ago when Thad Mata was at Ohio State. That That's all fun and well. Yeah. But, I mean, Butler, a complete overhaul of last year's team. They took on six transfers, five of them. Average double-digit points, but only one of those guys played at a Power 6 school. So it's going to be a big rebuild for Thad Mata and Butler. MSU smoked them two years ago, but, like, I, I don't know. It would have been really nice to get a top-10 matchup, if not top-5 matchup, if the season starts right for both, both right. these schools. And facing, like, Marquette or a Creighton, if you mm-hmm. will. Or I don't know how UConn got out of this, but, like, they're not even in the Gabbett games. <laughs> um, anyway, this is a long way of saying, hey, Michigan State, you guys already know this. They're playing Butler in the Gabbett games. And great. Mm-hmm. Cool. That, yeah. Okay. The whole Gabbett games lineup kind of just stinks out loud, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, uh, really it, it really does. It really does. I'm going to try to have this pulled up in, in record time. Part here. of me kind of wonders um, if – 
maybe Coach Izzo wanted to get a chance to coach against Thad Mata. Um, maybe not. I think if, if Coach Izzo really wanted that, he would have just gone ahead, gone ahead and scheduled a Butler uh, matchup in, in the regular season. Probably didn't need to lobby the Gavitt Games committee, if such a committee even exists. Maybe it's one guy. Maybe it's Jim Gavitt's grandson doing the whole sure, tournament. I don't right, know. yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That kind of that thought crossed my mind. Maybe Coach has earned the right to go ahead, build his schedule, choose which friends, former coaches he used to coach against he wants to go and play. And if I was, if I was in his shoes, I'd probably do the same. Um, no clue if that's what happened here. Just thought kind of came in my head. I, I, I just think he'd try to get that Marquette game or like a Creighton game that's that true. tips yeah, off at like that's 10 true. p.m. Eastern time on a Thursday, two days after facing another non-conference. Yeah. Like just the most uncomfortable game at the most inconvenient location in front of a rabid fan base against a top 20 team on the road. Like, yeah, based on last year, like that, that's just the other lot or not, not last year, based on the last 20 years yeah. of examples, I guess. But, I, yeah. yeah, actually, no. Yeah, that's 100% true because if Izzo was lobbying for anything, it probably would have been to play Creighton. The or way get that, UConn back on the schedule. Like, don't don't let them get out of these yeah, yeah, yeah. games. Either UConn get them or back here. the reason I say Creighton is the way that they have been recruiting the portal. So sure. Um, oh, yeah. The Baylor Shireman recruitment and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Coach is going to take his his, yeah, his properly developed guys. Boys. He's going <laughs> to go over there. And he's going to he's going to try to beat them. That's, that's Coach right. Izzo right there. My hometown talent over here. Yeah. That's right. No, I like the God. That would have been such a great just storyline in between the game. But no, like. There are no games on this list. I'm going to go through them really quick. Xavier at Purdue, Marquette at Illinois, Michigan at St. John's, Maryland at Villanova, Iowa at Creighton, Wisconsin at Providence, Georgetown at Rutgers. There's a very good chance that none of those games are going to be top 25 matchups, nope. like ranked team versus ranked team. So Maybe, maybe Purdue, Xavier, but I don't know Xavier's maybe. roster next year. I think they've lost a good maybe. amount of talent. I know. Um, Illinois probably won't be ranked for that game against Marquette. I, me or you are playing point guard for them, uh, so <laughs> get, get ready for that. I, I don't know yeah. how that's going to go over in Champaign. But. Ray J. Dennis appears to be going to Utes legend Utah. Ray J. Dennis. Utah, that's right. The Utah basketball program. Amen. I um, uh, got a really hard time believing Georgetown can be ranked this year. Uh, yeah. Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It kind of stinks. Like the, the game that actually slick, pops out to me. Slick the most. Rick in Michigan is not going to be that's like, where I was going, right? ranked. Oh, like I think that might like oddly enough be like the most like that's appealing true. game, I guess. Outside of the Michigan State game, of course. Like I'm going to think that's the best one, but yeah, just like Michigan against Slick Rick, and like also too, it is a little bit like. Just how many blows can they take early next season? You know, like, sure, you get the whole matchup. Oh, national title rematch. Michigan versus Rick Patino. That was the old 2013 matchup. Like, that's fun, but I just want to see if Slick Rick can start chipping into the downfall of what's going on over there, like, right <laughs> off the bat. So that that's why I got my eye on that It would game. be kind of yeah. funny. Like, like Slick Rick, um, he gets that banner vacated. Yep. He has an entire downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He goes and he coaches at Iona. Yep. He gets another job. He starts then coaching at St. John's, takes over a rebuild, mm-hmm. does all of that. Now, meanwhile, Michigan had a smooth transition from Beeline to Howard. Yep. And he goes through all that turmoil, comes in, and in year one, beats him. I think that would be not ideal for Michigan. Yeah, it would be a shame if we watch that play out, though, in real time. Huh? It would be a shame. Yeah. Huh? Well, let's see. Really quick, uh, just to stay on the scheduling aspect right here. What are your thoughts on Michigan State playing Black Friday, most likely in primetime, according to The Athletic, mm. uh, the day after Thanksgiving against Penn State to end the regular season? There were some people online that had, like, uh, maybe passionate is too hard of a word. It's not like they were going on swearing tirades talking about how much they hated this, but th- there were some strong opinions about not playing on Black Friday. Uh, personally, I could, I can't 
care either way. But yeah. I'm, if anything, I like it more. But I, I just want to know if you have a strong opinion towards it. I have no opinion. And, yeah. and I would like to put our heads together to think of a reason why it may matter. Can, can we think of a reason why it may matter? I've heard, like, oh, it's short rest. Like, it will be for Penn State as well. I've right. heard, like, oh, it's a night game in November. It's going to be cold and at night. Like, okay. It's going to be cold during the daytime, too. <laughs> cold in the daytime, and it gets dark at 4 p.m. That right. time of the year anyway. So, yeah. like, I mean, these games end at nighttime anyway. And yeah. uh, I forgot the other. Oh, there was something like, oh, people already have, like, their traditions or shopping or something like that. Like, it's not going to fill Spartan Stadium. It's like, newsflash, let's, let's lean in, everyone, for a dirty secret here. Like, that last game of the season is like never greatly attended anyway all right so like it's not like it's some great saturday tradition that michigan state has that they just took away from us like no it's something different and there's less right. games to compete with on that day i think the only game that you're going to compete with is okay nebraska iowa that's probably going to be during the day oklahoma right. tcu maybe your afternoon slot oregon oregon state you can see that kicking off at like 10 that might yeah. be a little earlier but still that nfl game Okay, they're having their first Black Friday game. NFL owns everything. Yeah. They kick off at 3 p.m. Like, mm. if it's a primetime game, you're going to have the most eyes on you. So, if anything, yeah. like, I, I like the Black Friday game. And also, yeah. Matt, the Friday games people should have an issue with, which there's not really that many of them. Um, it's those middle-of-the-season games that the Big Ten Network kind of sure. started to stipulate, I think, two, three years ago, mm -hmm. um, where every Friday there's a Big Ten team that plays a Friday home game. And I like that. That crushes recruiting. Oh, the, yeah, that's the, true. That's that, true. Yeah. This weekend here, Black Friday, kids aren't in school. Yeah, so true. you have this is the only true. Friday in the that's entire true. year where – and probably the very, very first Friday of the year because that's before Labor Day, and I don't think schools, high schools start back then. So other than the, f the first Friday, this is the only other Friday you can have a Friday game and not hurt recruiting. Yeah, very well said. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's going to be a nice little home field advantage for Michigan State here, unless, like, some kid is playing in the yeah. state title game. But whatever. I mean, man, I, I know. I, like, look, I, I get fired up about a lot of stupid things when it comes to college sports, namely Michigan State, too. But, like, I, I couldn't, you know, just even move myself off the couch and get fired <laughs> up over this one. If anything, I was like, oh, that's cool. That'll be a nice little wrinkle. And then, yeah, hop on the old Twitter.com. It's like, oh, this sucks. What? <laughs> it's like it probably doesn't affect your life, let, honestly. Let me ask you, Matt. Speaking yeah, of getting off the couch. Yeah, yeah. What is a game you would schedule? Um, okay. Oh, I like this. I hesitate to say um, like swapping a game out and putting one in because you have to then think about like um, college football playoff stipulations. Sure. Like, why are you unnecessarily adding strength to schedule to your difficulties? Okay. Not that Michigan State's going to make the college football playoff this year, most likely, but oh, um, wow. there's some, just not really some faith you have over there, huh? Hmm. Most likely, I said. Wow. <laughs> um, the the thing of it is, is these days you're not incentivized to choose good games. So let's just forget all that. Let's yeah. forget practical. Let's say we're doing strictly for fun. Right. Yeah. Okay. Strictly I for like fun. That. Okay. Man, if if it wasn't like USC and UCLA coming in like very shortly, That's like true. It, it would be one of those schools, um, the Washington. Like, so I'm gonna stay away from the West Coast just because of, like how that's gone as of late. But you know what? I'd love to get back on the schedule, which got erased in the COVID year. Miami coming up here, yeah, the Hurricanes, yes. and like I think they're especially, kind of primed for the picking too, especially like, yeah. like this period of Miami football. Correct. Which like honestly, like how is it any different than the last twenty years of Miami it's football? Not. Like it's just the same cycle over and over again. New yeah. coach, he's a great recruiter. These guys are awesome. What yeah. they're four and six going in the last two weeks, and then yep. oh, it's two more years of that. He got fired. Hey, new coach, great recruit. Yep. Like it's the same cycle over and over again. Yep. But like I would love to. It's the same old Miami Hurricanes, just with SEC investigations. Can I? Can I just add a stipulation? 
stipulation to this game too. You know how we had to go down there in September? It was like 106 degrees during the tailgate. It, it, was, December. it was, I don't throw around this term loosely, <laughs> oppressive. I need these guys coming up in December, yeah. Justin. I, that's got to be the night game. Snow but, falling, like, yeah, get these boys then, out here for that one. By then, they already would have quit on Mario Cristobal like they did last oh, year. Oh, no, 1,000%. Are you kidding? <laughs> they, they might only take a bus up here with 20 kids. Like, it'd be awesome. You just get the Hurricanes up here for a nice December game against See, the Spartans. That's, <laughs> that's one thing that, yeah. like, people on Twitter, they're like, oh, moral victories. And I get that. Mm -hmm. But that first year under Mel Tucker and this past year under it Mel was, Tucker, yeah. that is that is light years different than what we just saw at Miami and Texas A&M where like they've just quit on their coach. They've quit, quit. on their teammates. Yes. Yeah. There is no game yeah. like 2020 <laughs> Michigan state beating yeah. Northwestern at home after getting blown out by Iowa the week before, whatever yeah. the timeline there was, there's nothing like going into Illinois with national headlines and mass injuries and mm -hmm. going in and beating the number one defense in the country at the time. They don't have moments like that at those at those schools. It's no. that's that says something to me. That God, that you, you are spot on there. Uh, we are using the keyword big time quit because uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, College Station. Uh oh, the guys are finding a Jimbo <laughs> Fisher like they used to. Oh, that's strange. <laughs> Could have possibly seen that coming. He had such a great exit at Florida State. Um, yeah, man. Uh, do you know uh, one more school I just want to throw out yes. there? Uh, Miami's gonna be number one just because you know staying on the side of the country. I've had enough of the West Coast. Mm -hmm had a lot of good battles with Oklahoma like in recruiting mm. uh they don't like what we're doing to their recruits and we're starting to not like what they do with our recruiting ventures so uh, let's just take it out on the field I yeah. mean there's just some some Brent Venables versus Mel Tucker action for you yeah. out there on the field so I, I would not mind to see uh Boomer Sooner Nation I agree. pull up here yeah. Brent Venables defensive guru did not have a good defense last year uh, they gave up 56 points a game last year it's, it felt like yeah. that might be a low number that might be a low Did number. Did Kansas shred them, or am I completely making this You're up? You're not completely making that up. If I'm thinking of the right Oklahoma-Kansas game, like I, Kansas was scoring at will. If right, I and I don't correctly. think it was with their starting quarterback either. I don't think it was. It was at will. <laughs> it was great. It was like the period where like Kansas had like nine home games in a row last year. It was like every <laughs> single time on Twitter, it's like, oh, we sold our football stadium out for the second time ever, and then they kept having that graphic every single Saturday. It's like, what? Lance hit the road? <laughs> Lance Leopold should have left when yeah. he had that chance this offseason. Great coach. He's a great yeah. coach, man. Like, I I know it's weird to talk about this about another program, but like I, I hope he gets them back on back yeah, on track I, yeah. or just on track in general. Yeah, How about that? Like they had nice Mark Mangino years, but like I don't know that back on track. Like, like I'm talking about Notre Dame or something like that. <laughs> no, like let's just no, I agree. Eight win yeah. seasons routinely would be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Let's yeah. just throw I Kansas just, on the schedule too. Yeah, I just I I don't want to see a star fizzle out like the suit man um, over there in Ames, Iowa hate to see it actually yeah. i actually do hate to see it yeah <laughs> nothing against the guy know, but, but wow that's uh that's a bag fumble yeah uh, oh god all right let's play him too yeah, yeah there, there. nothing more fun than thinking about coaching carousels and stuff but that was december january really quick what team wouldn't you want to add on the schedule what team would i not want would to add on the schedule add on the schedule alabama okay that's um, it. that easy yeah there's not really any gain yeah. uh, from a recruiting perspective to even keep it competitive like some schools like uh Maybe even, like, they're not going to be able to keep it close. But let's say that we're, we're to play Georgia and they lose by, like, 13, right? Oh, God, that's, a, you, that's, that's not a moral win. That's a straight-up win. You, I put that yeah, in the win column. Yeah, like, you, oh. you show kids in Buford. You, oh, you show sure. kids in Marietta, oh. uh, Alpharetta. Mil like, you show all these kids, like, hey, we're close. 
You go and you lose to Alabama by 17. Who, who can't? Mobile? Like, like, who are you showing the town? Like, there's nobody. Wow. It's not like that. It's Homer, it's, Alabama catching it's, strays today. It's, wow. St it's Stan Ramel from Alabama. Shoot. And then, like, nobody else. Wow. Um, no, that's not the case. But th there's just not really much of an incentive there to, yeah. like, even if you could keep it close to, to show much or to have tangible gain from that. Yeah. I think I'd pick Washington. I don't know. That, this year, <laughs> I, shoot, anybody except uh, Caleb Williams or Michael Penix led team going against a young, young, young secondary. It'll go fine. We're gonna shock maybe the world. they can schedule. We're shock maybe, the world. You know what would be cool is just schedule as a recruiting um, sort of a, um, like a sales pitch. Forget a home and home. It's just. Away and away at, at Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. You the islands. You you do it in advance, which everything is done. Yeah. You say twenty twenty five and twenty twenty six, or no, you say twenty twenty seven and twenty twenty eight, and you tell the twenty twenty four high school kids, "Hey, yours junior and senior years, we're going to Hawaii for a week, both times." Mm -hmm. That's a recruiting pitch. And don't even like lie and say like, "Oh, it's a business trip. We're there to win." Like, nah. Like, this is the resort <laughs> we're staying in. This is what this is our itinerary. We're gonna snorkel. We're gonna bike down the crater. We're gonna do a dinner cruise. It's gonna picture be beautiful. With the dolphins. Picture with the dolphins. <laughs> we're gonna go to a few luau's. Uh, it's gonna be marvelous. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just play a game and hopefully, Hawaii is still like just terrible when you get down That's there. That's true. So. You don't gotta prepare the same way. No, you, oh, dude, you can treat it like a freaking. Oh, this is perfect. We gotta we gotta apply for director of operations. I think we just saved Michigan football. football. Yeah. I, think, I think we just saved Michigan State football. We did it. <laughs> Last week, we saved Michigan football by getting rid of Shemmy Schembechler, and this week, we saved Michigan State football by doing a lot of great recruiting ideas. Yeah. Yeah, look at us go. Yeah. All right, well, that's, that's it, I think. That's I think, it. yeah, that does it. That does it for this week's episode. We did it. Problem solving will be back next week. Yeah. What and Big Ten program are going to help next week? Yep. Stay tuned. Next, year, next week, we'll tell Matt Rule how this time he can land yeah. the Dylan Riles. Oh, that yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, you'll get him next time, Matt. There we go. <laughs> next next number one overall prospect that comes to Lincoln. You'll get him then. There we go. But yeah, yeah. with that, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SD4L Show. And we'll catch you next week. Please close your eyes, turn around, and count to nine. When you open them, I will be gone. The Spartans said they were double. The Spartans said they would flinch. And they did. Oh, dog, can you hear us? You said he couldn't hear us back when the show was happening. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users. Users over home internet users during times of congestion.